This show is chaos. It's a desolate wasteland out here. <laughs> it's the Mad Max of trivia podcasts, which is our new tagline for the show. Welcome to Things We Got Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet and media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. That's so crazy. You live on haunted Disney burial grounds. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, also, if um, you guys aren't following, our Twitter account is Things I Got Wrong. Come follow us, find some fun trivia questions, and try to answer them. Yeah, Twitter and Instagram. And Pinterest. And Pinterest. We have a- <laughs> and Reddit. We're available and anywhere. anywhere. We're pretty talkative and friendly, too. And Rachel has been killing it, posting. She's the one handling most of it, so, uh, you know, she's doing amazing so thanks for all that yes all right well this is our very 17th episode ever and we have four rounds of trivia like always uh each round's different theme and style which we'll explain when we get there bye for all of the digital i forget i was trying to think of the name of the the new disney disney world band that they give you that you spend all your money on (laughs) like the nfc payment thing well, whatever you guys want to fight for, you can determine that amongst yourselves. But uh, if you're ready, we'll start, as always, with general trivia. General trivia, round one, question number one. Uh, buzz in when you know it, call it your name. Uh, each question is worth two points. Question number one. The Popomatic is a central part of what kid's toy launched in the United States in 1965? Rachel. St- Rachel. Jack in the Box. Not Jack in the Box. 1965. The Popomatic. I swear to God, my son has a toy that says Popomatic on it. And now I'm concerned. I mean, all right, Stu. Stu. Is it the corn popper? Not the corn popper. Okay. Although uh, I'll give you a slightly more of a hint. That it, uh, the Popomatic is the central part of what kids' game launched in the United States in 1965. Oh, I know what it is. I can, I, again, I could probably describe can you draw it. it? <laughs> it's the. Ryan, would you take a description for half a point? <laughs> uh, you could try. <laughs> I could certainly try. Yeah, as Matt Mercer um, would say, you can certainly try. Um, I it's the one that has the dome with the dice. That <laughs> yes, you, that you press down to flip the dice. And I've never actually played the game; I've just seen it. I know what the name of it is. Then, if that's the description, do why don't you go at it? <laughs> You're probably much. I know, right? <laughs> uh, is that trouble? This is the board game Trouble. So how does points work for this one? Uh, is that like a like a combined effort? So do we each get a point? Is that? I, I say that's a good idea, Stu. Okay. All right. Well, now that you guys have said, as Quizmaster, I will go ahead and allow it. Sweet. Woo! <laughs> In this democratic state. Way to go, Rachel. We did it. Vaguely toy and or board game shape related. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll see. But for now, one point each to Rachel and Stu. First round. It's been a while. I'm feeling generous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number two. There are two individuals in the top 10 most followed Instagram accounts that are not U.S. born. One is from Portugal. One is from Brazil. They're both famous for playing the same sport. Name either of the two individuals. Rachel. Oh, man. Rachel. Cristiano Ronaldo. Yes, Cristiano Ronaldo is one from Portugal, and Neymar Jr. is the one from Brazil. You put in a sports (laughs) one? I mean, I guess it doesn't count because it It, is Instagram related. But it's still kind of cruel. I would trust even the people here today to know who Cristiano Ronaldo is, at least by name. You trust the wrong people. <laughs> I only know him because I did used to have a shirtless poster of him. Nice. Oh God. <laughs> nice. So, not gonna lie. 
All right, two points to Rachel. That might be the first time I've ever tripped somebody up on not waiting till the end of the question. Right. All right, question number three. What is the illuminating name of the lamp icon for the Pixar brand and logo? I'll give you a hint that there's a junior suffix to the name. I don't have it. I should know it, but I don't. Question number four. Early slogans for this product were based on sales figures, as in 3 million a day in 1917, then later changed to 6 million a day in 1925, and could have even said 1 billion a day in 1997. This product's first logo in 1906, or sorry, this product's first slogan in 1906 was the Great National Temperance Beverage. Mm Hmm. Early slogans for this product were based on sales figures, as in their motto or their slogan was three million a day in 1917, changed to six million a day in 1925, and you could have even said one billion a day in 1997. Rachel. Rachel. Is it Coke? Yes, it's Coca-Cola. The product's first slogan in 1906 was the Great National Temperance Beverage. I have no idea what that means. It I had wasn't cocaine sure if it was Coca-Cola it. or Seven Up. Yeah. It 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 was a it was a medicinal thing first because right. it had stuff in it. Uh, I believe I believe I mean, it, yes, somebody no, out it, there is going did. to correct me on it, but that is correct. <laughs> One million <laughs> a day. Right. That's that's kind of what tripped me up. Is like, dude, they they sell three million a day. Like, really? I don't know. I I've in ninety seven then. Yeah. In 97, that makes a little more sense, but still. Yep. Coca-Cola. Question number five. Based on all-time units sold, only two gaming consoles have ever sold over 150 million units worldwide. Name either one and be specific with make and model. Name either one. Stu. Rachel? Stu. Nintendo Wii. Not the Nintendo Wii. Damn. Uh, Rachel was there first. Do you have a guess? I do. Maybe it was the GameCube. Not the GameCube. All lower. Yeah. Based on all-time units sold, there have only ever been two gaming consoles that have ever sold over 150 million units. Stu. Stu. Um, the Xbox 360. Not the 360. Rachel. Rachel. One final guess. Atari. Not the Atari. (laughs) Although Atari was a... It's not uh, the Switch. Yeah, it's not the Switch. It hasn't been around long enough. So 150 million, you need a really long life cycle and a big... Yeah, the PS2 is the number one selling of all time at 155 million. And the PS4 hasn't even cracked like 90 million, I don't think. Uh, The other one was the Nintendo DS. Wow. Which has had an incredibly long life cycle. I did check. Game Boy is a different model than the DS. Zero points there, but good guesses. Uh, Question number six, and the final question of the round. I think my favorite question of the game, although there's some good ones here. The hyperbolic paraboloid is a mathematical equation in a geometric shape that gives what, quote, newfangled snack its unique look? Rachel. Rachel. Pringle. Yes, Pringles. I know what a parabola is. I had so much trouble on them. (laughs) (laughs) The hyperbolic paraboloid is the mathematical equation and geometric shape that gives Pringles its unique look. And the Pringles' uh, original slogan was the newfangled potato chip because it was mathematically created. Okay. And I just want you to know that I still do have nightmares about calculus. You're going to say about and Pringles. That, oh, no, I dream about Pringles. Those are nice dreams. Pringle, people doing the duck face Pringle thing. That's what I was going to say, yeah, the duck face nightmares. Yeah, I, and I was, when I was looking that up, it's really funny because Pringles are, unlike potato chips, they're not actually made from like potatoes or like slivered. They're, it's like potato starch. So yeah. it's almost a, uh, it's like it's all powder and then it's actually crushed or like formed into shape and then fried. There's a really good um, 
uh, Bon Appetit episode about them making uh, Pringles by hand. And oh, really? Like, that's actually that how one. I knew. That's how I knew it was a hyperbolic parabola. Or, right, nice. from that video, and it's it's really really good because she gets close. She she does a good job. So I haven't seen that one, but I've seen a lot of those uh, test kitchens, like creating the Reeses or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Claire is the the woman yeah. who does it. She's awesome. That's the end of the first round. All right, round number two. This is our themed round of the show. This is a round I call the origin of innovation, where I have some fairly small American towns where giant companies or large events have taken place. Uh, I'll give you the name of the town and a little descriptor, and you tell me uh, either the company that is from there or the event that took place. Uh, it should be fairly obvious, but uh, there is a, they're not all companies necessarily. So uh, same style, buzz in when you know it. Each question is worth two points. Question number one. Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah the Wright Brothers' first successful wow. pilot operation. Wow. And Redenbacher. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that was uh, Kitty Hawk, North Carolina in 1903. What this pair of self-taught engineers achieved would change the world forever. And on this day, the first attempt lasted 12 seconds. And the fourth and final attempt of the day went over 850 feet and uh, high and lasted 50 seconds. Uh, when I was reading up on it, the like three days before they tried it, and they said they even flipped a coin to figure out which brother was going to go first. <laughs> and it like crashed. So then this next time when they actually achieved flight, they did it like four separate times. But yeah, like it, they only they all lasted less than a minute. And it still took a few years before they not a few years, but I, I think at least a year before they even got around to like controlled turns in any way. So wow. it's, and like some of them were being launched off of a hill at certain <laughs> like altitudes just to keep flight like the flight path better. So we've come a long way in barely a hundred years. Also, the first flight was 120 feet. It's going to put that out there. <laughs> this is my fun trivia fact. I've gotten correct every time we've done trivia. Tri this is not yeah. a thing I get wrong at trivia. <laughs> so I do know the Wright Brothers. <laughs> nice. I'm very proud of that one. Ryan knows that. Yeah, we got one right where you have like to guesstimate kind of an absurd number question and she knew it off the top of her head all right that's, that's two points right. to mark there question number two fairfax county virginia this company had many iterations in the 80s and early 90s but in 1995 this company pivoted from online hosting of multiplayer video games once the new ibm pc first launched and quickly became what was at the time the largest online service in the world rachel rachel myspace Oh, wait, no, no, no. What'd you say? Sorry. Wait, okay, actually, can I ask a question? <laughs> what did you say? What, what was your answer? I said MySpace. MySpace, oh. And I know I'm wrong. No, so. yeah. Uh, oh, I was going to say Stu. Stu. Uh, is that EverQuest? Not EverQuest. Uh, Fairfax County, Virginia. This company had many iterations in the 80s and early 90s, but in 1995, this company pivoted from online hosting of multiplayer games, once the new IBM PC first launched and quickly became what was at the time the largest online service in the world. Oh, okay. Rachel, what was your question? My, my I, question I is, was yeah. online service, because we were talking uh -huh. about video games. Are you talking about online service for video games or just in general? I, that's, I'm, I'm confused on what you're asking. It's irrelevant. Yeah, they used to host multiplayer. Okay, video games. well then is, but, I will just I will is, just but excuse I'll tell myself. You, uh, what they did, uh, you would not know them for their video games. Right. Okay, well then I will excuse myself. <laughs> okay. You can guess for half credit. Yes, this would be AOL. I thought you were saying you can guess for half credit to Rachel, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll just wait then. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, you'll still get it because I wasn't going to get it. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. I did know that, yeah. No, but it's fine. You take the points. No, now that you said that, you each get a half point. Half points, bringing it back. No time like now to bring back half points. <laughs> New unit of best uh, Best points. <laughs> yeah, so the story basically goes, they... 
I thought they had just been around in the mid '90s, and it, when I was first reading this, it looked like they really came out of nowhere. But they had a long history of doing uh, a bunch of different stuff and became sort of a just a hosting company, I think, for downloads of multiplayer games, something along that effect. And then once the uh, IBM PC, which was one of the big commercial PCs to come out at the time, they became an online services company for other stuff and became AOL. Hit within that first year, hit. And I don't know exactly how many they had beforehand, user-wise, but once they hit, you know, what AOL is known as today, they hit 20 million users in their first year. Uh, I was and also looking up some research, and I found a Wired article from 1995 that was whoa. really funny, like, of the day. Um, and they said, analysts had projected the commercial online platform to grow to 10 million by the end of 1995 uh, and would double within the few years that afterwards. So the number one contender, a little startup out of Redmond, Washington, who has a slight <laughs> advantage called Windows 95. <laughs> and once that makes its debut, supposedly by the time you're reading this, untold millions of PC users would be able to log into the Microsoft network with just a mouse click. Yeah, <laughs> MSN. Half point to... Sweet. Why not? Still in a giving mood. It's been a while since we've recorded a good game of trivia. <laughs> He's like the it. Easter bunny. He just shows <laughs> chaos. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's I'm curious. Out here. It's the Mad Max of trivia podcasts, <laughs> which is our new chaos. tagline for the show. Right. Or the title <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> All right. Question number three. Bentonville, Arkansas, in 1945, this founder returned from war to buy the first in a franchise that would go on to rival most countries for largest national GDP in the world and would, for a brief time, make him the richest man in America. Rachel. Yes, Rachel. McDonald's. Not McDonald's. Oh, unfortunate. Uh, McDonald's was started in California, and I believe Ray Kroc might have been from Chicago as well, I think. All right, back to the question. Bentonville, Arkansas, 1945. This founder returned from war to buy the first in a franchise that would go on to rival most countries for the largest national GDP in the world. Uh, I believe at least a few years ago, this was could have been ranked their business GDP or their business revenue would have ranked somewhere in like the top 20 to 25 GDP worldwide. This would be Walmart. Oh, oh wow. that makes sense. Man. Why does it make so much sense? <laughs> I was trying to, like, I felt like I'd seen that town name in Arkansas on something, and I thought it was automotive for some reason. Mm. I thought it was a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number four. Created in 1967 by Herb Keller, uh, this was a way envisioned to connect the Dallas, Texas area together. Their company grew from... Sorry, their company culture grew from employees taking themselves lightly, but taking their jobs seriously. Quote. 1967 by Herb Keller as a way to connect the Dallas, Texas, the greater Dallas area. Uh, their company culture grew from, quote, employees taking themselves lightly, but their jobs seriously. Rachel. Rachel. AT&T. Not AT&T. Somebody who's been reading a lot of books lately. We'll get to that later, but uh, this case study comes up quite a bit. What year did you say it was? 1967 in the Dallas, the greater Dallas area. Any guesses? I don't really have a whole lot to add. Can you tell us the industry maybe? Without, because I'm sure there are many companies in the industry. Mm, if that's true. I think it would be a dead giveaway. Okay. Uh, I can say that this company uh, made a business decision not to pursue the normal spoken hub model of transportation like most companies do, but rather a point-to-point. -point. Oh, Rachel. 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 American Airlines. Not American Airlines. No. Uh, I thought they're out of Dallas. <laughs> I don't know what the thing is. That's the problem. Uh, UPS? Not UPS. <laughs> All right. This is, uh, when you think of the South and you think of transportation, particularly airlines, you would hopefully Americans. say Southwest Airlines. Uh, oh. Isn't American out of Dallas, though, too? Uh, they have a central hub there. I don't know where American Airlines was founded. 
Almost. Uh, they, they are headquartered in Fort Worth, but they started in 1926. So, yeah, Herb Keller and uh, they have a, or especially did in the beginning and have a, you know, supposedly have a culture of employees first. Uh, obviously, you know, they always, Southwest, you hear about them basically taking off every frivolous charge that you could get, but they uh, treat their employees well with lots of profit sharing. And they always said that like employees could be, uh, as long as they do their job are, in, are encouraged to be helpful and be, you know, lighthearted and things like that. And I think it even goes back to like their very first thing. They had a bunch of, they had a whole thing about their stewardesses being very like dressed in like go-go dancing <laughs> attire and stuff like that, which that part gets a little weird, but, um, it was yeah. the sixties. Yeah. It's a little different. All right. Southwest airlines. All I don't right. think I can name my kid Herbert. Like, no way. <laughs> How about Southwest Airlines? <laughs> That's more acceptable, yes. That's <laughs> what a name will get you. <laughs> right, question number five. Battle Creek, Michigan. In the 1890s, John Harvey and his brother were nutritionists who created... Oh, Stu. Stu. Uh, that would be um, Kellogg's Corn Flakes. Yes, Kellogg's. Yes, that's exactly it. Well, he wanted to live a quote-unquote healthy life um, through diet and such. Yeah, he was... They were... I don't I don't want to say which because I don't remember off the top of my head, but they were very uh, religious in yes. uh, the Seventh-day Adventists, which is... Adventist. Yeah, Adventists. Yeah. Seventh-day. <laughs> yeah. Seventh-day. Um, one of the brothers made the cereal uh, without sugar, and the yeah. other one made it with sugar and went on to found Kellogg's. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and obviously was far more successful with his right. ventures. Nice. Nice job. Kid. Thank you. Yeah, nice job, Stu. Yeah, nutritionists who Thank created you. and marketed many foods that transformed this town into, quote, the cereal city. Didn't even need that part. All right. Question number six, the last question of the round. Purchase, New York. That's the name of the city. Purchase, New York. In the late 1890s, uh, Caleb Bradham created, quote, Brad's drink and named it believing that the drink helped aid digestion. While still a, while still a major company today, Bradham and the company actually went bankrupt in the 1920s, largely due to the fluctuating price, fluctuating price of sugar following World War Stew. I. Stew. Is this 7-Up? Uh, not 7-Up. Rachel. Rachel. Is this Sprite? Not Sprite. Not Dr. Pepper. That was founded, if you recall, in Waco, Texas. That's the first, yeah. Rachel. Rachel. Root beer. Not root beer. Stew? Stew. Ginger ale. Not ginger ale. Because that actually does help with digestion. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with Surge. <laughs> surge. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Rachel, for no points, you had two, but Pepsi. Yes, it was Pepsi. Of course, oh. it's Pepsi. <laughs> um, can I, can I, can I wager a, a quarter point out of that? No, you can't wager. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so Brad uh, or Caleb Bradham was a teacher turned uh, drugstore owner, and like many of these sodas, drugstores. Uh, drugstores also had lots of uh, soda jerk fountains and things like that. Um, and he created this, which he thought mimicked the uh, the helping enzyme of pepsin. And so it was oh. a turn on pepsin and cola. Oh. Yeah. Question. Yes. Do you guys know any people that are actually Pepsi people? I've I like legitimately do not know a person that is like I'll have a Pepsi over a Coke. I think this is my coming out night. Are you, um, oh my god, Rachel! No, I love Pepsi. I no think it is way. a million times better than Coke. You're I one think of those people. Coke is overcarbonated and less tasty. I also lived less than an hour from the Pepsi Center. Okay, uh, that's funny. <laughs> well, then uh, they're, they're brainwashing. I don't has care a to. whole lot. My aunt is a huge Pepsi fan. Like, if she goes to a restaurant and is offered Coke, she'll, like, 
scoff, which is really weird, and then order something. I won't else. say anything. I just no. yeah. I don't. I don't care that much. But we also, as a kid, drank a fair amount of soda and stuff, and would have both like in the fridge and warm. And I realized I like Pepsi warm, but I like Coke when it's cold. Huh. I think if there's one thing I learned, it's very, it's extremely geographic. Like from where I'm from, like you go to any restaurant and you say Coke or something, they only, everyone only has Pepsi. And then when I went far south, everyone only has Coke. Oh, interesting. All right. Well, that is the end of the first half. We'll see how this next one goes. Uh, it was a fairly unique round. First time we've done anything like this. So I'm excited. Uh, this is schoolhouse rock lyrics oh gosh i've never seen schoolhouse rock awesome <laughs> well uh i'm pretty sure i did not watch them that much i must have been sick as a kid yeah uh so as you know should know schoolhouse rock was a great <laughs> schoolhouse rock is a great way to learn about grammar math american events through song uh, i'll give you a selection of lyrics from the popular schoolhouse rock sh song and you have to give me the topic and i will be very lenient here if you know the title of the song uh or the topic um and i'll give you a little bit of a clue that uh these are the lyrics often contain the elements of the of the item not so much so they're not singing about the term itself they're the actual singing has a lot of elements of it so for math and grammar you'll actually hear a lot of those elements in the song itself so something to keep an eye out for in the lyrics uh yeah and as a template question if i said and i got as far as capitol hill well now i'm stuck in committee and i'll just sit here and wait while a few key congressmen discuss and debate you would know that that was the song, I'm Just a Bill, or How a Bill Becomes a Law. So, like I said, all I need is the topic. Question number one. No classes, no professors, no tuition, yet we're the goal of every politician. So I have two different stanzas. Uh, one should be a little harder, one should be a little easier, so I can move on to the next one. But uh, buzz in when you know it. Rachel? Rachel. I'm a bill. <laughs> I'll give you negative points for that one. <laughs> that was the most condescending answer I've we have heard on this show yet. I wasn't trying to be. I was trying to be frank. <laughs> that would be so worth it. So uh, this one, maybe I can also give you uh, of the three that I said before. Uh, this is American. This is American event. Uh, or American topic, maybe help. But yeah, the first one was no classes, no professors, no tuition. <laughs> yet we're the goal of every politician. <laughs> yes, this is the electoral college. Oh. <laughs> Rachel's in her own world now. <laughs> bill. I'm a bill. <laughs> uh, the second stanza would have been now the number that your state is going to get or sorry, now the number, that's your that's the number your state's gonna get. It's based on total population, the formula that's set. That is, uh, I'm going to send you to college, and the topic would be electoral college. Uh, this next one, question number two, would be math and numbers. Somewhere in the ancient mystic trinity, the past and the present and the future. Three is a magic number. <laughs> Uh, it takes three legs to make a tripod or to make a table stand. It takes three wheels to make a vehicle a tricycle. Every triangle has three corners. Every triangle has three sides. No more, no less. You don't have to guess. Three is a magic number. Speaking of, question number three. This would be grammar. Milk and honey. Bread and butter. Peas and rice. Hey, that's nice. Dirty but happy. Digging and scratching. Losing your shoe and a button or two. Rachel? Rachel. An idiom? Not idiom. Hooking up two cars to one when you say something like this choice, either now or later, or no choice, neither now nor ever. Yeah. Yeah. Great to, great to know that now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number four. This would also be grammar. Now, Rufus has a sister named Raffaella Gabriella Sasparilla. If she had a kangaroo, I'd say to you, 
She found a kangaroo that followed her home, and now it is hers. But I can't say that because she found an aardvark. <laughs> now, Rufus has a sister named Raffaella Gabriella Sasparilla. If she had found a kangaroo, I'd say to you, she found a kangaroo that followed her home, and now it is hers. But I can't say that because she found an aardvark. Now, I could tell you that Raffaella Gabriella and Rufus Xavier Sasparilla and Albert Andres Armadillo found an aardvark, a kangaroo, and a rhinoceros. Oh, it's a... No. It's a... It's not an anagram. No, that's not an anagram. That's a... Uh, a uh, oh, man. Race car. Uh, can I guess? And I, I'm just having fun guessing now because I have nothing to lose. <laughs> let me finish Actually, this, I might lose point by guessing. Let me finish guessing. this last bit. <laughs> uh, now I could tell you Raffaella Gabriella and Rufus Xavier Sasparilla and Albert Andres Armadillo found an aardvark, a kangaroo, and a rhinoceros. Whew, saying all those nouns over and over can really wear you down. Okay, I have two guesses and I know they're both wrong, so... <laughs> It's um, not Bill. First is an alliteration. <laughs> not alliteration, although that one's good. Stu, do you have a guess? I'm I'm gonna be honest, I don't have any of these. <laughs> All right. Like I seriously I I missed the time that this got played at school. I'm, my teacher just didn't like us. If she Dude, I'm just throwing things out. If she I've never found seen this. A kangaroo, <laughs> I'd say to you, she found a kangaroo that followed her home and now it is hers. Rachel, do you Stu. have your one more? Go ahead, Stu. Pronouns? Yes. Sweet. <laughs> this topic is pronouns, which you can use to replace <laughs> big names like Raffaella Gabriella Sasparilla with she. You could say she found a kangaroo that followed her home and it's now hers. But you can't Sweet. say that because she found an aardvark. And now those points are mine. <laughs> All right. Was that your first guess? Uh, it doesn't matter. We were on the second question. The it second was the second. Half. Yeah, second part right. of it. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, question number five. This is also grammar. Suppose your house needs painting. How are you going to paint it? We could also give you a special intensifier so you can paint it very neatly or rather sloppily. Hi, suppose you're going nut gathering. Your buddy wants to know when and where. Again, this is grammar, Stu? so you really need the topic. Yes, Stu. Wait. Yeah. Yes, it is adverbs. Yeah. To be uh, anything described can be described some more. Anything you need is in store. And so you choose very carefully every word you use. Use it with a verb. Tell us how you did. Where it happened, where you're going, where you've been. This is lolly, lolly, lolly. Get your adverbs here. Oh. All right. Question number six. This is also grammar. Most schoolhouse rock was grammar. Uh, this one's so. So when you're happy, hooray, or sad, ah, or frightened, eek, or mad, um, um, rats. Um, I'm Rachel. 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 An onomatopoeia. Not onomatopoeia. Oh. Nomatopoeia. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> <laughs> or excited, wow, or glad, hey. That's onomatopoeia. Not exclamations. Show excitement, darn, or emotion, hooray. They're generally set apart from a sentence by an exclamation point or a comma when the feeling's not as strong. Show I maintain it's an onomatopoeia. Show excitement, <laughs> darn, or emotion, hooray. They're generally set apart from a sentence by an exclamation point or a comma when the feeling's not as strong. These would be in your typical grammar English class. These are interjections. Oh. All right, round number four, the last round of the game. This is what comes next. You've done once before. This is where I will give you a series of items. I'll give you three items in a uh, topical section. Uh, they could be chronological, alphabetical, in order of some magnitude. Uh, I'll give you three in a row, and you have to give me the fourth item. And uh, in doing so, you have to determine what the actual order and topic is. So, buzz in when you know it. Each round is worth two points. Round four, question number one. Mockingbird, diamond ring, looking glass. What comes next? 
I have a song stuck in my head. Yep, I know the song too. <laughs> and I'm singing it, and I don't know if I'm supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not against the rules, but it'll it'll it, it'll hurt our poor listeners. <laughs> no one needs to hear that. Mockingbird, Diamond Ring, Looking Glass, and if that Looking Glass gets broke, Papa's gonna buy you a Billy Goat. Answer is Billy Goat. <laughs> was that in the? Wait, can I can I ask something? Oh, is you that want the, the, I'm, listen, I'm thinking you about Webster's the Eminem definition song. of the song. I, I'm thinking of like Eminem's version. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would <laughs> trust Eminem's version. That's definitely not how that goes. Yeah, I was thinking of the lullaby. This would be okay. hush little baby gifts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the wrong one. <laughs> I'm like, that's definitely not how that goes. <laughs> Just put a ring on it. Or a billy goat. <laughs> or a billy goat, that's right. All right, question number two. Stratosphere, mesosphere, thermosphere. What comes next? Hemisphere. Oh, Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. Our studio- Atmosphere. <laughs> Sorry, I, I interrupted you, I know. But uh, what, was it? what did you say, Rachel? Atmosphere. Not atmosphere. Stu, do you have a guess? No, I was being stupid. I said hemisphere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is exosphere. Uh, these are the atmosphere layers, uh, but it's stratosphere, mesosphere, thermosphere, exosphere, uh, and there's one more that I don't have written down. Ionosphere, yeah. All right, no points. Question number three. Delaware, Florida, Georgia. What comes next? Rachel. Rachel. Virginia. Not Virginia. Delaware, Florida, Georgia. Stu, do you have a guess? Not yet. Okay. I think you guys are, uh, I don't think you know what the topic is. Yeah, that's no. I, I, I thought it was alphabetical, but I, it's not. I thought it was time when they when the states joined, and then I realized it didn't make sense. Mm. All right, well, the answer, which uh, Stu you said correctly, is alphabetical states. Oh, okay. It'd be <laughs> Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii. Uh, I forgot Hawaii. Which would yeah, come up alphabetically after so. All right, question number four. This one's a, l- a little bit weird, so follow along. Batman, 1989, 71%. That's the first item. Batman Forever, 1995, 39%. That's the second one. Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, 2016, 27%. What comes next? Rachel. Rachel. Suicide Squad. Not Suicide Squad. I know what the topic is, but I don't know what movie it would be. Which the topic is hilarious, by the way. <laughs> nice job. Batman, 1989, 71%. Batman Forever, 1995, 39%. Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, 2016, 27%. Uh, I'll give you a hint here in giving you the, the topic a little bit. Both the ones you said uh, were more group ensemble, were not theatrical Batman films. What was the last one you said? I'm sorry. Batman, Batman Forever, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Rachel? Uh, Rachel. Going out on a limb here for Wonder Woman? Not Wonder Woman. So the topic is theatrical Batman films. Yeah. Based on lowest Rotten well, Tomato score. That's, I, I just, just kind of going yeah. out there for an attempt. Also, Wonder Woman is amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Batman and Robin, 1997 at 10% oh. Rotten Tomatoes score. <laughs> I was thinking nipple suits, but I couldn't remember what movie it was. <laughs> Stu, you could have said if you right. could draw it, I would have given you points. <laughs> oh my God, it's just draw <laughs> Batman nipples. <laughs> All right, question number five. Limbo, lust, gluttony. Oh, what comes oh, next? Oh. Rachel. 
Rachel got there. Violence. Not violence. Violence? Stew. Stew. Wrath? Not wrath. Yeah. Limbo, lust, gluttony. I've read the book. What comes next? I know the book well. How well? Oh, okay. Um, I did an exposition comparing it to The <laughs> Hobbit. No, it's... Um, um, I think you only have one left. Actually, you have two left. You have two left. It's not. Tr- it's not um, betrayal, because that's at the center. That would be the deepest level of hell. Yeah, it's the deepest and the coldest well, level is hell. Betrayal it's those or who betray treason. The others. It's those who betray others. I thought it was violence. There's one left. Go ahead. I. I... No, I'm not going to know it, because. I, I really want to get this one. I'm sorry. Limbo, lust, gluttony. Um, greed. Greed. Yes. Nice. I actually, I, I remember, I, I've read um, Dante's Inferno many times, and I love it. I think it's absolutely beautiful. Nice job. I, I'll give you, i give you one point. I think you're can, still Can in, I get a quarter point for posterity? No. Because I want a quarter point. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> I will risk it because I want a quarter point. Should we remember that the deepest, worst level of hell in Dante's Inferno is frozen. It's not fire. Hmm. And in in one hand, there's Judas grasped by a frozen Lucifer. So where does Futurama's it's, robot devil fit into this? <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually frozen down there. People didn't used to depict depict hell at all. All right. Question number six. Last question of the game. Ride the lightning. Master of puppets. And justice for all. What comes next? You guys sound so quiet. I don't think any of you know what this is. I, I know what the topic is. I oh, just okay. don't know what the... I don't know the topic. Oh, really? No. I just don't know the albums well enough. <laughs> Is uh, Ride the Lightning, 1984, Master of Puppets, 1986, Injustice for All, 1988. What comes next? The year is 1991. I'm I'm not going to know. I can tell you what the topic is, but I'm not going to know what it is. I still don't know the topic. Well, I mean, I don't. I'm, I'm not going to get the album. I mean, it's Metallica albums. Oh, yeah. yeah no, oh, I'm not gonna know. oh, oh, oh. Um, is it... Is it black? Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you that. It's it's actually the album is called just Metallica, but it's the black album. Okay. So yeah, I'll give you points there. Nice job, everybody. With some uh very hard rounds. They weren't intended to be so difficult, but uh you guys stuck through them. So uh Those were tough. That's the end of the game. And we have some picks to give you. Each episode we give a or a couple of us give either a movie, a game, or experience, or something of that sort. Uh my pick and is a book. Uh you'll have noticed that I've been reading a lot of books recently. In fact, I've given myself the uh I've given myself the uh superfluous task of reading 50 books that are business and self-help and productivity in nature in 30 days uh, as an attempt to read a bunch and write and synthesize and prove that I can block out a bunch of social media and distractions out of my life and get a bunch of books read. So I've been reading a lot of books. Uh, So spoiler alert, I have a book today to recommend. It is uh, one of my favorites that I've read so far and one that I've been wanting to read for a long time. This is the story of Pixar. Uh, It is called Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull, who is one of the co-founders of Pixar. Uh, It is a really wonderful book. One of my favorite bios that I've probably ever read. Uh, Certainly one of the top ones. And uh, I actually listened to it on audiobook. And a bit of a funny story behind is I started it really late at night fell asleep, woke up, and I was around chapter 11 or 12. So I started reading from there. I started listening basically to the point where in the mid-90s, or sorry, in the mid-2000s, where Pixar and Disney actually uh, 
merged together to be one or Disney's animation studio and Pixar merged to be one company. So I got to read a really modern day take of everything. And it's really, really cool to hear them talk about, um, talk about up, talk about toy story three, talk about these different movies that, you know, you know, really well, and you hear a really creative insider take on them. Uh, so I really liked actually, if somebody wants to read it, I would almost recommend it'd be really cool to read it late around that time, like chapters 11 or 12, read the modern take, uh, and then read what, in my opinion, was one of the best memorandums of Steve Jobs that I've read. Uh, it would from Ed Catmull, the co-founder, uh, just giving a really, really insightful and I think a really beautiful take on Steve Jobs, talking about his passing and everything. Uh, and then going back and actually reading the beginning of it, the creation of it, the start of Pixar, where they were you know, just trying to make ends meet, their first couple videos, their failures along the way, everything that's come through their journey. Um, highly, highly recommended. I really love the book a lot. And it's one that I know I will be going back to. Uh, whether you like it just for uh, all the topics, you know, all of them talking about the different movies they've been working on, it's really, really cool to hear creative takes about stories that just weren't working out. They talk about Bolt and Cars, how some of those projects almost got scrapped just because they couldn't pull hmm. it together creatively and they finally got it to work. Uh, stuff like that. Uh, the business sense of it, you know, treating employees really well. The merger, everything that went on there. You have highly, highly creative companies that are merging. So there's a lot of worry about what would happen if, you know, creative ability would get stifled. Um, and, you know, a co-founder's journey of wanting above all else and turning down offers from, you know, major, major companies because he wanted to create an anime, a computer animated film and create computer animated work before it was even possible. Um, so highly recommend it. It's called Creativity Inc. Uh, it's by Ed, Ed Catmull, co-founder of Pixar. Uh, I would highly recommend it. Uh, so that's my pick. Uh, Stu, you have a pick. I do. Um, my pick is actually a video game. Um, so this is available on Steam or Switch. I don't know if it's available anywhere else, uh, but it is a game called Towerfall. Um, it's not super complex. It is basically a, I guess, a platformer, um, but it's co-op and it's actually couch co-op uh, up to four players, which is a rarity nowadays. And yeah, it's, we, I, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, I really um, love good couch co-op games and they don't exist much anymore <laughs> at all, actually. And so I actually played this the other night for, uh, what I expected to be an hour and ended up being five and a half hours straight. <laughs> um, my Dungeons and Dragons group, somebody didn't show up. So we just downloaded it really quick, gave it a spin and literally we, we stopped playing at like one thirty in the morning. So it's, a. Uh, it's a couch co-op archery based platformer and it's, it's simple. It's fun. Uh, the levels have Pac-Man rules so you can go off of one side and show up on the next. You can also shoot an arrow off of one side and it goes on to the next. It's a little zany. It's quick and it has a level of depth to it that is unexpected as well. Um, if you have ever played or heard of the game called Celeste for the Switch, mm -hmm. um, it's the same creator as that, and he incorporates a lot of the same hidden mechanics and moves, uh, and it is just downright fun, uh, both competitively and cooperatively. Nice. So go check out Towerfall. Uh, I think it's on sale right now. It's 10 bucks. It is honestly one of the most fun games i have played in a long time Dude, this looks amazing it's on i'm on the website now it's on switch and steam like you said it's also on ps4 and xbox one um what kind of game is it is it just like a competitive sort of not brawler but like the original joust or the original like mario competitive it, or is it, it a story to it it's both um so it so we originally played it um when i played it last night the first time we played it was a brawler you know it was that competitive it has a feel like joust to it mm -hmm. it really does um and so we played it like that for a good three hours and then realized oh wait we can unlock more things if we play the campaign and uh the version we downloaded had uh the original campaign is one to two players co cooperatively but the extended campaign is one to four players uh cooperatively and we played four and that was, I mean, phenomenal. Uh, I mean, it, it really was. And that is, you know, enemies are appearing into the screen. You know, it's it's an adventure mode. Like, enemies appear into the screen. You can hurt each other. 
Yeah. You try and advance through levels. Um, you can revive each other, which is really cool. And uh, eventually get to the boss. And it's all like 8-bit, 16-bit kind of platformy. Yeah. Looks a lot like Joust. I see a bunch of different like weather types, like level, you know, like the cold level, the, the dungeon level. Right. And there's different arrows and unlockables that like show up in the level when you play uh, that you have to grab and you will run out of arrows quickly too. You start with only three uh, <laughs> or less and every shot counts, but you can pick up arrows after you shoot them. Um, and it, it just has a really, really good feel to it. Um, you know, there's dashing in midair, there's also, and you can catch arrows midair if you dash into them, but it's very hard to do. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a blast. It really is. But yeah, the mechanics are great. The levels are great. The detail is great. The music is amazing. Um, it's really a, a knockout game. Nice. That looks awesome. I am definitely going to buy it. <laughs> Rachel, I know you've been playing a ton of Dragon Age and getting into games and stuff like that. I think this would be an awesome fit. So so three years down the road when I do finally finish <laughs> Dragon Age, because I don't think I'm like most people, it seems. I think most people, they get into a game and they really like go, go, go to play a lot of it. I'm really into this and I'm okay just playing a few hours a week. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a slow go. This one looks really, really cool. Uh, well, awesome. And if you're listening and you have a pick that you think other people would enjoy, uh, we'd like to shout it out on your behalf. So email us at things I got wrong at gmail.com or on any of our social media stuff that Rachel's on top of. Uh, Please do. Instagram, Twitter, uh, whatever. You can find us. We're posting, trying to post a lot of stuff on there. Uh, you'd also check out the website, things I got wrong.com to check out past episodes, show notes, and more. Uh, our next episode will be released at the end of April, around April 30th. And that'll be a round robin game. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, thank you all for playing. Fun as always. Yeah, thank you to our generous help. Thank you. And uh, until next time, we'll see you all later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.